Hey, welcome back to the Events Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. In this episode 407, teaching old dads new tricks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the, this week we're obviously talking about the Netflix original movie written and directed by one William Burr. Um, old dads. And uh, then we've got some Mission Impossible news, some Snow Brown news, and uh, we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Gen V so far before next week's season finale. Yes. And notice so I say pen, season pen finale. And yes. Oh, yeah. Right? And the penultimate. Yes. So it's the pen penultimate and the penultimate. We're talking about the penultimate episode of the penultimate episode. And yes. the penultimate episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, and and you know we'll be getting into all of that. But first and foremost, Daryl, my friend, how are you? I am doing very well on this blurry Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. It is it is a rainy Saturday morning in in Cincinnati, Ohio, Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky area for sure. Um, on this eve of Halloween, um, partiness in the city. Yes. So, are you guys doing anything We've for Halloween? Halloween things we're going to. Yeah. Oh uh, no! Yeah, we're going to a friend's Halloween party. Nice. What are you dressing as? Jack Skellington and Sally. Aw, you will make a wonderful Sally. Thank you. I kind of uh, like the dress. Welcome. Yeah, I know. I, I just think you would, you know, a wonderful race and gender bent Sally. <laughs> well, really? Because Sally is kind of... I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't know. Is. I've never actually seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. <gasps> well, let's be honest. Last year was the first time I actually saw it uh, all the way through. So, Yeah. Well, you know that. Too far ahead of you in that one. <laughs> yeah. We are going... She's going as a <laughs> Highland cow, and I'm going as a cattle wrangler. <laughs> A what? A cattle wrangler. Did you say Highland? Yeah, she's dressing as a Highland cow. She made a Highland cow costume. It's awesome. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And so I went and bought a cowboy hat yesterday. <laughs> okay, John Dutton. Uh, I mean, if I see a horse injured on the side of the road, I will definitely do what John Dutton had to do and make it right. <laughs> so, man, that's a that's just a... Talk about setting the setting the stage for. Uh, I know for I'm show. thinking about that again. Anyway, yeah, that was a very powerful start. Yes, it was. It's a very good show, which comes back uh, in like January. Are you really? Yeah, the second half. That's what I read. But I, the, I mean, I, I, it could be like heels where they're like, "It's coming back on October first. October first comes and goes. It's coming back on October fifteenth. October fifteenth comes and goes. It's coming back in twenty twenty three. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped looking looking it yeah. up after a few about a month ago because I was just yeah. there was nothing. Yeah. And, oh yeah. So, so and then uh you know with heels they're like oh it's back and it was a great second season oh but it's canceled. Jerks. Jerks. Anyway. 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 Um. Yes, so here we go. Let's uh, let's hop right into Mission Impossible 
not Dead Reckoning 2. Yes. So um, Mission Impossible Paramount has pushed it back to a delay to the year, a delay a year to 2025. Um, they also pushed back A Quiet Place Day 1 two months as it reshuffles its 2024 calendar amid Hollywood's ongoing labor strife. Um, so when it comes to that, the Directors Guild, they're all settled. The Writers Guild, they're all settled. The actors um, actually have a deadline to like, you know, get this resolved before the studios are like, you know what, we're not going to talk to you again until 2024. Ooh. So, but here's the thing, all right? They keep talking about like, well, they want these actors to be able to go out and promote the things that they're doing. Is that a good thing? Like, if if Ezra Miller would have been on like the path to, you know, talk about the flash, would that have helped? Will what Rachel Ziegler has been doing to Snow Brown, is that going to help get more people in? Do you think that if um do you think Barbie would have been a billion dollar movie if we would have had all these people out there talking about how much they hate men? That is a very good point because let's go to another one. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi, yeah. which again, I guarantee I, I bet you would have watched that if Simu Liu didn't do the Simu Liu thing. Yeah, if he wasn't Simu Liu, I probably would have watched it. If they would have like yeah. put Henry and Golding it, in the role, I definitely would have gone to see it. Yeah, and, and I think Henry Golding would have been a lot better. Well, because he can act. And Shang-Chi, yeah, that Simu, Simu Liu did yeah. good. He did well in the action, but he can't act. Well, he has but, he has what afflicted Tom Welling early in his career. He has <laughs> Simu Liu face. <laughs> Where there's just, it's void of emotion, right? There's just like, he's got like one or two looks and like, he can't go left. Like Derek Zubin. Every time I, every time I think of Tom Welling, I, I like his earlier, like earlier scenes with him in Smallville. I think of that. You like, you like my, I like, I mean, I coined the term Tom Welling face. So, I mean, uh, I love Tom Welling too. I thought he was great yeah. in Smallville from the beginning. Like it, just, it was watching yeah. him grow as an actor was the best part of that show. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the best part of that show was the best part of that show. But anyway, um, but yeah. So but I, Mission I think, Mission Impossible is getting pushed back. I think that's a good point, though. What you're saying, mm-hmm. because especially some of these, you know, I, I don't know if one of you want to call them hip or the ones that are you know proud of their wokeness. They can't help themselves. Right. They they aren't intelligent. They think they are. And yes, I'm saying this, and it and for the most part, because if you were intelligent, right. you wouldn't say well, the hold things. Hold on. Let's let's save say. this for the next one because like yes. Mission oh, Impossible, yeah. Dead Reckoning Two, which they're going to rename it, um, which they have not yet, is delayed because the writers strike, and they can't return to work. Right. That's the problem here. So. Like we're we're running into this, but they're like they pushed Dune back a whole six months for or whatever four months mm-hmm. from November to March, right. um, which I think is kind of stupid. Like I think right now releasing Dune with you know would have been a very smart move going into the Christmas year, especially because the the Mc, uh, McFarlane figures for part two are so much better mm-hmm. than the part one figures. I, that was that was one of the biggest disappointments for yeah, me, especially because I, I bought all of them. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I want, I kind of want to sell these because he's, I, I don't like them. Yeah, but yeah, 
I, I mean, the the best one was the Baron Harkonnen figure because yes, he wasn't was. supposed to move. But uh, right. But yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I, to that point, I'm wondering how many other movies we're going to see that like in the next couple weeks or months yeah. where we find out that they're going to be pushed back as well to 25, which. Mm-hmm. I mean, that offers opportunity for movies and for maybe that offers an opportunity for Dune, although I, I agree a little bit more with you in saying that releasing it in November for the holiday season right. would have probably been the best bet yeah. you know, with everything else going on. But especially if that it's done, it, you know, mm-hmm. if you have to do more yeah. stuff to it. OK, I get that. But it's done in the can, all the post-production done. I mean, just like the first Dune was done and in the can, and they pushed it back because of COVID. Yeah. And they should right. have just released it. Like, yes. And, and they did the day and date thing, but they should have just released. Like, I would have 100% gone to see that. I mean, we didn't stop going to movies during all of that nonsense no. anyway. But because, no. um, like, I mean. Uh, New Mutants. God, that was so bad. And what a waste of Anna Taylor Joy is magic. I'm just gonna reiterate that. Uh, I know we always talk about it, but gosh. um she was perfect. I actually I didn't think the casting in that movie was horrible. That was the best. I thought part the of casting movie. was fine. Yeah. yeah, I thought the casting um, was pretty good. But yeah, so um but yeah, so pushing back um A Quiet Place Day One has moved from March eighth, twenty twenty four to June eighth, twenty twenty four. So that's not that big of a deal. Um it stars Lupita um Nuango, how do you say her name? Nuyang. 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 I, I don't know. She's she's she was um in Black Panther. She was his baby mama. Um and she's awesome. So Yeah. I like her. Uh but uh yeah, and I guess there's uh a Ryan also moved the Ryan Reynolds Krasansky star if is moved to May 17th, twenty twenty four, moved up a week. And there's an untitled SpongeBob SquarePants movie that moved from May 23rd, 2025 to December 19, 2025. Oh, is that live action? I, I think it's like what they've been doing with the 3D animation. So, okay. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, like I get why why they're moving this one back, right? Because there is a there's an actual reason because yeah. they can't film it. <laughs> so yes, and it's gonna On take the a, other hand, you know. Um, but here's the thing, though, is like if they were gonna move a movie back, they should have moved Mission Impossible Seven back because it was only in the IMAX, like for a couple weeks when it should have been an IMAX for like six or 10 weeks because Oppenheimer yes. took over Oppenheimer. all the IMAX theaters because yes. of, uh, of the way he shoots of Nolan. Yeah. And we Nolan mentioned shoots. that. We mentioned that as well when right. we, we had heard that, that they should have pushed uh, seven back. Yeah. I mean, cause mission impossible seven lost like $150 million. Yeah. So I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm getting tired of like, the part one, part two type things that they're doing so they can make nine hour movies instead of, you know, just a good 90 minute movie. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. Interact on a little bit. Um, but I did like it. All right. So let's uh let's return to the the conversation that we shut down. Um Snow Brown has been moved back an entire year 
2025. Now, here's the thing. This movie has been doing reshoots for months, and now they released a picture. The Hollywood Reporter released a picture with Snow Brown and actual dwarves who were CG instead of uh, the diversity checklist squad. The, the six baristas and one dwarf. Right. So it's like, okay, what's happening here now? And, you know, um, you know, it's weird. Isn't it weird? It's weird. It's weird. weird. It's weird. 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 That girl could just fuck right off. Oh, my God. Like, like my kid is a big, like, you know, she still likes, like, the OG Disney stuff. She's not into like current Disney stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And she loves the hunger games. And, you know, she's like, I was like, do you want to see it? And she's like, not with her in it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so snow Brown was supposed to come out March 22nd, 2024. Now it's been pushed back to March 21, 2025. Um, and they're alleging it's due to the ongoing strike, but like they just released this new first look thing where it's seven dwarves and now they're given dwarf appearances. Um, and which means the, the movie's going to have to undergo more reshoots. I think at the end yes. of the day, this is going to be a $300 million movie because of all the reshoots they've had to do. Yes. So, um, but yeah. And so <sighs> it, it's so weird. It's so bad. Um, you know, again, again, it's it's one of these Snow White stories where the evil queen, who's play, played by Gail Gadot in this instance, is drop dead gorgeous, and then Rachel Ziegler could be one of the the trolls or dwarves or whatever. You know, she's she's like it, not like it was like in Once Upon a Time. Um, yes, the lady that played the evil queen is gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. And Jennifer Goodwin is. And, and, and Jen, Jennifer Goodwin is. She's cute. Cute. Yes, she's cute. I was she's, just about. She's, she's, she's cute. Uh, unfortunately, because um, she was married to the guy that plays, or is married to the guy that plays Prince Charming in real life, um, mm-hmm. they keep oh, her pregnant all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> she was just constantly having babies while they were making that movie. And so, you know, like she didn't have a chance to, like, you know, grow her hair out or get into shape or, you know, like not that she wasn't in shape, but like not be pregnant and, you know, compared That's to, uh, you know, um, and I mean, queen. and then the other Snow White with, uh, Charlize oh, Theron. Yeah. And, right. Uh, Who is picking, uh, Kristen Stewart <laughs> over Charlize Theron? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Lana Paria, that was, uh, the evil queen. Oh, that was the evil yeah. queen. And like no, oh, Jennifer yeah. in once upon a time, like Jennifer Goodwin is actually a very attractive lady. It's just like Lana Perina Perea is like gorgeous. Yes. I mean, and again, there's no shame that there are levels to things, yeah. everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but it's, this one is the same thing where it's like, really gal versus Rachel. Mm-hmm. And again, take away how she is, she's made herself ugly with some of the stuff she said, right. Even taking that away, it wouldn't, it, it's still, it's right. the same thing right now. It's just more pronounced. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, they're going to have to do t- tremendous amount of reshoots, spend a lo- boatload of money. And they're going to have to hope and pray that the bad press that she gave this movie. And again, going back to what you said, when we started 
is, are they going to send her out on tour to talk about this? If they're because smart, no. If they do, they're going. It, it's just going to. She's just going to compile the bad, the bad rap that she's already put herself and this movie under. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're seven dwarves or not. It. It's. This is not like the whole Sonic thing where you saw the trailer. You know, the people lambasted it. Right. For good reason. Right. And the director was like, you know what? You all are right. I'm going to listen to you. Yep. And that's why it was a small, a nice little hit. Right. And that's why I got a second movie. Right. And they were both this good movies, like too. That. Like, yeah. here's the problem. I had a lot of fun with them. Is the first movie was good. I don't think they changed anything about the movie. Just they took the nightmare fuel they just... that they gave us for the original <laughs> Sonic design. And that, was, and that was horrid. It was horrifying. Just yeah. horrifying. <laughs> nightmare fuel inducing. It absolutely was. So, and they um, listen. No, this is this is one of those Disney. This movie is. I will say this movie is dead on arrival. It doesn't matter if you wait a year. You're gonna. They're gonna. This movie is. You're gonna lose money. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, if they put her on tour to talk about this movie, she's one of those people that can't help herself, and will only make people like her even less and want to see the movie even less. Right. Yeah. You know, and maybe they're just going to recast her. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Because right. what you said about Yo know, Haley, I actually was thinking about going to see that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, yeah, she's in it. I, I can't. I'm not going to do it. So yeah. even though I, I not going to do it, you, not going to go yeah, see it. Though, <laughs> yeah. Even though I, I mess with you about, you know, Shang-Chi uh, yeah. and everything. I absolutely get that because you're not going to enjoy yourself if you're seeing this person that is is front and center and you just can't you you just can't stand them and you can't put that away because of what they've said and done i get it i yeah. absolutely get it so so cool so she's bombed two movies yeah good job right um i'm throwing an audible in here all right so Next topic. Okay, Jimmy. We're gonna talk about. <laughs> we're gonna talk real quick about Kathleen Kennedy. Um, so Star Star Wars was one of the targets for the South Park Into the Panderverse uh, Paramount Plus special, which came out yesterday. Which I plan on watching as soon as we're done here. Um, oh, I need to watch that too. And Gina Carano came out and made a statement um, about what's happening here and and she says this is the part where kk kathleen kennedy demands any youtubers get censored off of youtube for sharing and laughing at this hilarious episode she'll have youtube disable the thumbs down option because of the ratio she'll receive then she'll have her publicist ghouls make sure variety and the hollywood reporter run hit pieces about the south park creators and their families smearing their names through every useful idiot she has under her thumb who would sell their soul to work for Lucasfilm. She'll activate her online mob to repeat that the South Park creators are racist, bigot, transphobe, and demand the South Park creators publicly apologize for only by only using words she approves of. And finally, she'll demand they subject themselves to a re-education course of 45 people in the LGBTQ community Zoom call to sit there and listen to how bad they got their hurts, their feelings hurt all over a little boop of a South Park episode. But maybe, just maybe, the jig is up. Um, 
And the reason that we're talking about this, because I just happened to pull up X while we were, we were talking, Star Wars Theory, who, no, we, we've talked about him, like we, we were kind of bashing him during Ahsoka because he's so deep up Dave Filoni's urethra. Um, posted three hours ago. Here's the blocked video of my reaction to the South Park Kathleen Kennedy bit. Blows my mind how all other channels on YouTube still have theirs up and mine gets immediately snipped and blocked. Censorship on me is insane. The price you pay for speaking your mind uh, and being a Star Wars fan. So here's the thing. Star Wars Theory has over 3 million followers. He is the largest Star Wars fan account on all of YouTube. Yes, he is a Dave Faloni apologist, sure. But he does good shit. Yeah. This is ridiculous that they would that they would block this. Um so if you want to see what theory has to say, head to X. He's at real SW Theory on X. It's a 21 minute video. It's right near the top of his uh his account. Um or if you want to find it easier, you can go to my Twitter handle, which links are in the show notes, and it is the very top retweet in my in my feed, if that's easier to find. Um, but yeah, this is just insane. Like I like I watched some of the clip with her, and it's hilarious. It is so funny. And like there's this thing called the Pander Stone, and I cannot wait to watch it. So Dude, this should be great. Uh, Canel left a comment. I mean, I had to edit and re-upload my video like five times before it cleared copyright because it got blocked. Uh, FNT live stream also got taken down, and we had to uh, had to edit it out. Paramount just has pretty aggressive copyright block bots that block instead of claim content. So there you go. Oh, gosh, these people are. <laughs> It's beyond words, but again, it's nothing new, nothing. Yeah, nothing unexpected, right? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm look, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I was gonna watch it uh, at the gym, but I did not want to fall off the elliptical for how hard I know I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, okay, let's uh, let's let's just move into our first review of the show. Um, Old Dads, the the Bill Burr starring, directed, written by um, comedy. It is a, a story about three guys: Bill Burr, Bobby Carnavale, and Bokeem Woodbine. So happy to see him! I love that guy. Um, after selling their business, the three men find themselves out of step with the modern world. I think that is a huge understatement. They are completely out of step with the modern world, and they know it. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, this follows Jack, Connor, and Mike, um, and they're, they've been friends for years. They started a, um, a vintage jersey store, and they get bought. And the company installs a new CEO, this kid named Aspen, who um, who is played by um, Tim. Um, oh shit, not Tim Allen. What's it? I told you who that was. 
Susan Sarandon oh, uh, and um, Susan Sarandon and um, what's his name? Uh, Tim Robbins. Thank you, Tim sorry. Robbins. Yeah, uh, son Aspen. Uh, Mike. Mike. My, oh, sorry, Miles Robbins plays Aspen Bell. Um, I actually loved Aspen. I thought Aspen was a really good character, especially at the end. Um, so this movie like really struck home for me because like I am not an old dad. I mean, like I am. You know, my my daughter will be twenty before I turn fifty. Like I'm not an old dad. Um, but. These guys are in their 50s and they have like five year olds. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just so funny to see. So, Bill Burr's Jack versus Bobby Carnavale's Connor and the way they reacted to their wives and their kids. Yeah. And I know it's called old dads, mm-hmm. but it's funny because there's a lot of the stuff in there, especially the work related stuff, is what you and, and and the just speaking with ki- like well technically to them they are kids mm-hmm. of a different generation that you you're old enough to be their dads right and the difference and the, just the disconnect you have not just the the stuff that you you like now that people are like that some people are offended by but just just the disconnect on or you know like uh Bobby Cannavale's trying to play the hip guy. Oh yeah, with one of his coworkers. Well, with the the, the black co the black female co yeah with the black co where he's yeah. trying to get uh get the fist bump from her, and then um yeah. when the new guy Fleet. was it yeah oh yeah when he's it's Fleek it's on Fleek it's Fleeked totally yeah. Fleek. Um, <laughs> who was the guy that went on the car car trip with him? I forget his name. Um. Oh, Travis. Travis. But then, like, Travis and her, like, hit it off, and he got a fist bump, and he was like, what is happening here? Yeah. Because <laughs> he was like, he thought he was cool. Um, <laughs> but because he was cool so, back yeah. in the day, and it was effortless. Yeah, this, um, so, yeah, this was, this was a great – and, again, it, listening to Bill Burt, because I saw the trailer, and I wasn't impressed by the trailer, but I know Bill Burt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this, if you've watched any of his stand-up, so much of what his stand-up is about is stuff like this, that disconnect, the softening of a generation. And, or, and, and, and conversely, you know, people from another generation not necessarily understanding or wanting to change, not change all the way, but right. to adapt, I should say, not change, but to adapt to the changes. You know, Some changes are necessary. Other changes are ridiculous. And that's Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what I love about his stand-up. So yeah. I should have known that right. the movie and, and I didn't realize until you told me that he wrote wrote and directed it. Yeah. So I did not know that at all. Well, uh, I so... didn't realize we had Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was surprised at. And so I was I was like, I'm not paying for it. I mean, it's not mine, it's her account. But I was like flipping I was like flipping through the thing and I accidentally clicked on Netflix and it came up and I was like, oh. Oh, she signed in. So I went to her account and I'm just scrolling through looking for something to watch last Sunday morning. And like this came up and I was like, oh, well, I have like an hour and a half before I have to get to the gym. Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, there it is. Um, But yeah, so watching them come into work their first day as employees after owning the company was great. Um, when Aspen is like, everybody born before 1988 is fired. 
<laughs> and they're like, wait, what? He's he's been here for years. He's the heart, you know, all, all of that like stuff. Um, but then the car ride when they when they went out to find C. Thomas Howell, um, his Ed Cameron character, who is like the only man who's off the grid in the world, um, right? And, and the way like, they find him with the data, and, right? Like we sold this data. He bought this in nineteen. He did this in nineteen eighty right. something, and right? All this. <laughs> Um, but they're driving out and they're they're listening to the music and um, the they make Travis say the n word, um, <laughs> and then they get fired for bullying and then Travis gets fired too for saying the n word, like in his apartment, right? Yeah, like <laughs> which is hilarious. So, and they're like, well, you can't like record us in a car and it's not illegal. And then he's like, in New Mexico it is. And I guess that's where they were, right? And so yeah. it was like, um, yeah, it was it was just really funny. Um, so then Mike gets mad at them. Um, and Mike is like, he's a single dad. He's divorced. His kids are grown. And he has a girlfriend who doesn't want kids. And like, so then... He goes and he's like, I'm not talking to either one of you anymore. Connor's not allowed to talk to Jack because Jack's wife, played by uh, the great Kate Alston from The League, uh, Leah, gets uh, punched in the belly by um, Connor's wife, Brittany's little monster. <laughs> or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, and, Jackie and Tone. Seriously, sorry. that kid deserved a dropkick for that. Right. Oh, 100%. You don't punch a pregnant lady in the stomach, no matter what. But um, Jackie Tone is great. She was in um, Glow. She played Melrose. And she's the the publicist for Godolkin University and Gen V in the first couple episodes. Oh, yes, she is. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah. And so, you know, they end up, like, going their separate ways. And they're all mad. And did you notice this, the very quick scene where bill burr's hair was grown out on the sides dude that was disturbing <laughs> i was laughing so hard at that and then um <laughs> and then uh you know leah's pregnant with their second baby and she's like adamant about their kids going to private school which was great and then um oh we've we we, we got to talk about rachel harris who plays dr lois schmeckel turner <laughs> um she was she was great. Her come is awesome. I don't want to ruin the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but like she gets what's coming to her. But so Leah ends up kicking Mike out because he goes just off at the school fundraiser. And uh he goes to a diner. He coincidentally runs into Mike, who ran away from home because his girlfriend got pregnant and he didn't know what to do. And so they make up, and then Connor comes, and they do a road trip. Did they go to Vegas? I, I couldn't really tell because they're in no, LA. No, they went to they 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 turned they turned out before they got to okay. Vegas. So, but they end up at a strip club where they run into Aspen. <laughs> or no, they brought Aspen there, right? They ran into him. No, they run into him, and he yeah. And again, it it goes with. And this is what I liked about this movie because you, you were talking about the characters come up, yeah. and this is what happens. And I in this society of you know people that are trying to be woke and people that are trying to say what the whatever the uh, popular thing is, knowing that most of them don't believe it, right? Is that 
it's only a matter of time before it gets you. Yeah. So, um, and, yeah, and, Aspen and got fired for using about. politically incorrect jargon, and and yeah. his girlfriend who, who dumped him. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who, well, yeah, who knew well, spirit and they, uh, they that was offensive spirit spirit animal, animal right? Okay, okay. Um, and then they get an Uber to go to the hospital because they're too drunk to drive, and um, Bruce Dern picks them up. That's the cab driver, Uber driver, whatever, and he was hilarious. And then they they finally get on the scooters. Now the electric scooter has been a bane of all of their existence. For the whole movie, like anytime yeah. they're trying to get somewhere, there is some guy on an electric scooter in the middle of the road, just lollygagging around. <laughs> yeah, that was a good joke throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and they they get there and like, you know, um, again, I don't I don't want to ruin the end of the movie, but I think for the like one, this is 104 minutes of running time. I think this could have been like a little tightened up at 94 minutes. Yes. Just a little. I, and um, because I, uh, even before you said that, when we were talking about it, I was thinking about this and I think it, I thought to myself, there were a couple scenes that could have been shaved off mm-hmm. or shaved down. That would have made it a little bit yeah. tighter and wouldn't have run into the same thing that we see a lot in comedies where they overdo something and it, it, it bloats the movie. Now this didn't right. get blo- like bloated like right, a two right, hour right. and five minute way, but still it, this could, you're right. It could have been a 94, 95 minute movie and would have yes. been a little bit tighter. And then I also thought it was funny when um, they had to, when, when they were putting on the, the fundraiser and, and Jack and Connor had to be like head of the steering committee. And then Josh Brenner's character, whose name is Dana. I didn't realize his character's name was Dana. He was big head in, um, Silicon Valley was like, who else has a problem with white men being the only ones talking? And they're like, wait, you're a white man. Yeah. Problematic. Yes. I don't know. I'm thinking if I'm in something like that and and a a little soy filled guy like that says something, I'm probably coming across the table at him. So, (laughs) but Yeah. yeah. And then, um, Oh, and Paul, Paul Walter Hauser showed up in this movie. Um, who he was in Richard Jewell. He's also known as Stingray from, um, what's it called? Uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra he was Kai. the the janitor slash owner of the motel that Bill Burr was at. Um, so yeah, it uh, it is. It, I, this movie is great. So out of ten, math is maths. What do you give this? I give it a 7.5. I thought it was, again, it's just funny for someone who loathed what we see today in Mm -hmm. society. And again, liking Bill Burr and what he's brought to, you know, how he's brought attention to it. I mean, if you go back, George Carlin was like very prescient in a lot of the stuff that we're seeing happening now, but also do it in a way that's also relatable because it talks it's it speaks to men in general and you know sometimes and the things that we go through mm-hmm. and learning that you know like i said sometimes you do need to adjust to things mm-hmm. but other times you need to hold fast to things or step up and speak up right. as bobby cannavale's character has to do with his wife at one point right. which was great yeah. so i thought i think this movie is has a big appeal and in the sense of it it hits on a lot of things 
and most of all it's funny mm -hmm. that's the thing it's not just it's not like yeah it's fine if it has a good message as far as for men and stuff like that but the most important thing of a comedy is it's, it's is is it funny and this is a very very funny movie oh yes very much so uh, i went with a 7.53 so um nice i this is uh this is definitely going to be in my top like if we're only doing five, this might not hit my top five for like certified infamous, but it's mm -hmm. definitely going to be in my top ten um, for sure, or very least an honorable mention at the end of the year. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to go back of of twenty twenty three and see what makes it on my list as well. well I mean, there's so little. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Anyway. I, I know. I'm. Tr I was just trying to think of that, and I'm thinking of well, maybe this, and I'm like, no, that's actually a video game. I was yeah, <laughs> so. right. So, all right, let's move on. Um, Gen V episodes seven or six and seven. Um, I liked. I still like I liked episode seven better than episode six. I did too. Um yes. I think that so um episode six was called Jumanji and we are basically in Kate's head for most of the, the episode. Um and the best part was Jensen Eccles as soldier boyfriend. <laughs> oh my goodness. Which was hilarious. That was um, amazing yes so um you know and going through um going through uh with uh, marie's memories of her sister annabeth accusing her of willfully killing the parents was pretty heartbreaking um kate kept forgetting to or getting um forking, forcing luke to forget what happened in the woods because they were using sam to augment luke's powers which was mm -hmm. crazy. Like that was yeah. like, you know, and then all the experiments and then the, um, the virus that they're trying to create for soups. Yeah. And we also get uh, more on Indira and what oh, yeah. her end game is. Mm. And I love the way they tied it back to Homelander with the fact yes. that her husband and daughter were on the, the flight that him and Maeve took down. Yeah, and we also it's 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 crazy because we also get to realize that Kate's a lot more powerful than we thought. Yeah, yeah, it's not just pushing someone, which I I thought that was funny because you know that movie Push, mm -hmm. if you remember the Chris Evans Dakota Fanning movie, right? But uh, just her her psychic abilities are far more powerful than we thought we, and so just getting more into her character, more into her life and how and then this is the thing how a, how her parents and family refused to identify their part to play right. in her abilities and instead of helping her work through it they basically rapunzeled her right for nine years yeah and you don't think that's going to have an effect well, on someone's that, psyche? And then the drugs that they give her, the um, the medication, yes. like let's like you know the medication that they give her that like just keeps her in a fog and and really limits her power. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't like it's a, like like I said, episode six Jumanji is is a good episode. There there's nothing bad about it. Like no, um, you know, coming off of episode five, which you know. 
kind of had everything that happened with like the chasing Rufus down and learning more about what's happening with Shetty and like, you know, Sam coming out and their memories keep getting wiped. Um, I thought it was a good, like if season, so episode seven sick, if it hadn't been so good, it would have been like, Oh, this episode was like really, really weak, but it was mm-hmm. that great, like palate cleanser setting up the end game for the season. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely does. So, and the more I watch this show, just like you started off, you said this, you know, your hot take earlier. Yeah. Like what the first two episodes was that this was better than season one. Of yeah, the boys. I like this better than and it, I and like honestly, this season. This season one is better than season one. Of yes. The boys. And I, honestly, the more, the longer it goes on, the more it stamps, you know, it, it solidifies that in my eyes, honestly. Yeah. Right. Yes. It doesn't have Homelander, which. Yeah, I just love that character. I I, but that I'm glad star. they don't have but, Homelander. No, I'm talking about versus Boys season one. Right, right, right. But overall, oh, yeah. storyline and the tightness of the story, it, there's not a lot of stuff where I would say, ah, oh, that probably should have been cut, you know, cut down or something like that. I just think they've done a very good job right. planning out this story. The characters are, you know, was it Marie, uh, who... You know, I was worried about just because of what we've seen with female characters lately in other shows and other movies. I thought I think and even with Kate, too, they've done a very good job of multi layering these these female characters and not making them bestest ever. They are right. actually human well or soup characters with flaws of their own. Even the protagonist, you know, as protagonists, they have flaws and they make the wrong choices you know, and they come right back and, you know, you see them building themselves up or their, their arcs they're going through based on the trauma of their past, you know, the bad decisions they've made and working towards becoming a hero to help people. Right. Right. Um, 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. Here, here's the other thing though, is like when let's like hop into season or episode seven, season seven. Um, this is where we really learn about what's happening, but we, Victoria Newman comes back into the, into the fold here and it's her running for or vice president. She's the vice presidential candidate on Bobby Singer's um, presidential ticket there, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like I love that they're using Bobby Singer. It's just, it's fun. Yeah, that's great. Um, but uh, she comes to Godolkin for a town hall, which is supposed to be mo- um, moderated by Andre's dad, Polarity. And um, during the like the pre-show with the um, very kind of Alex Jonesy type character who is the moderator, right? Like all the conspiracies, um, Polarity has, starts going and having seizures, and then he has to go to the hospital. And that scene was really cool. Like yeah. how, how do you handle like a soup who can't control their powers? And um, that was, they really reminded me of Logan when yeah, with professor Charles X. Xavier, with professor X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was having those issues. And I, I will say about that part, I, they have an episode to kind of how to tie that in because if not, it seems like it was out of the blue, despite how, right. how the scene played out, which I thought was great. And, you know, having Andre in the, in the, in the ambulance trying to prevent, you know, the whole ambulance cab from caving in. Right. I thought that was great. 
I hope they have something in this episode that ties into what the reasoning behind it, because it just it there was no at least that I can recall. There was no kind of you know who was behind it. Hint that this this was it was Victoria on. who did so, it. Yeah, but how that what I'm saying is well, we learned how, how she it. did it because she has the same powers as Marie or Marie has the same powers as her. She made but the seizures she, happen from off stage. But was she on stage when it happened? Or no, not on she, stage, was, she, was, she was she was she was in scenes? the building. Yeah, she was back. There. Okay. So, okay. yeah, she okay, see, did that's what that. I, I wasn't sure. Of. It, okay. It, it's not super clear. And we didn't like and what really kicked it off for me was when she showed Marie like, hey, we have the same powers. And I love when she's yeah. like, your powers are badass. Those blood whips and swords. And, you know, and then she's like, yeah. well, what else can we do? Or what else can you tell me about me? And like that was a bold move for her. Um, yeah. um, to to open up to Marie about that, but we found out who she's her benefactor. She's the one who's been looking yes. out for her, right? So, I, I'm just curious though. The I I just want I'm curious to see where where Victoria is going with this, Be, and the reason I say that is because. Because and this was I think this was before she learns about the virus. What her end game is because she gets. I, I, I'm trying to think if she she purposely did this to rile the students up. So it's like yeah, the students are like we're better yes. than humans. Well, that's her. That's her goal. That's kind of with everything over in the boys. That's kind of like yeah. Like she is definitely like a soup supremacist. She is yeah. yes. That is a great analogy. That is very very much like Magneto. And I mean, again, it was one of those things where you know, as I'm talking about it, thinking about it, it makes more sense. It's just it, with with the seizure thing, I wasn't sure if she was on. I I, I, didn't, I didn't recall her seeing her backstage. So. That right. was one of those things where it makes sense now. Yeah, because she was back. Like, I mean, yeah. she was back in that that green room, like waiting. So, you know, so, yeah. Um, I there hasn't been enough Emma in the last couple episodes, you know. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was I'm fine with it. I mean, well, I, like I just her, like I like her, her and Sam. The, like the the, yeah. the those two actors have a really cool chemistry. Um. But yeah. So yeah, the thing I I'm I'm very curious to see how this ends and how they tie things up because again I think this absolutely well you are we already know it gets it's got a scene right. too. I'm very curious to see if they end it in a way where it's a good ending and not a cliffhanger, but you know open threads. I think the cliffhanger the is going to be the fact that she walks away with the virus, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so she walks away with the virus and it's going to be like unveiling what her plan is going to be. And we're probably going to see part of that in season four of the boys. I would imagine. Yes. When do we have a release date for that? Um, I don't know. But um, I haven't heard anything about season four. So, I mean, it might be because of the strike, you know, who knows? Um, Oh, uh, it began filming season four. They don't have a release date yet, but it started filming already. Oh, wait, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, it says here season four commenced filming in on August 23, 2022. 
Um, Simon Pegg finished his scenes on July, January 18th. Filming the fourth season wrapped on April 12th. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, okay. Okay, so... Um, it says here on June 28th, 2023, tweeted that they were withholding release of the new season until the WGA strike was resolved. So, you know, if the fucking crybaby actors are the reason that we're not getting the boys in a in a timely fashion, I'm just going to make me, like, less likely to support them. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, I I don't know. I I I really I really do dig this show. I think the end. I, again, I don't want to spoil the very end of of what's happening here, but there is a cool like trauma that Marie has to relive, um, knowing that Thomas, uh, Godkin or Goldkin, however you say it, Godolkin, um, made the school to study them, not to teach them. That was a cool review reveal. Yeah, and and I always think it's funny that yeah, this is you know tongue in cheek how they how the the nickname for the school is God you right, and you talk about these soups that think they're better right. than human. Uh, it it all rolls together very well. So, um, I don't. I feel like they handle the satire part of this. Like this yeah. is like the satire in this is more on par with Starship Troopers than the boys is. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, it's it. They really go. They really outdo themselves. Would with you that. like and, to know more? <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, and, all right. Oh, sorry. Good. Yes. No, I was just going to say the other thing is I. I absolutely. I actually were to go back to what I was talking about with the characters. I think they do a better job of showing characters that want to help, like Starlight. And yeah. versus what the boys did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the boys are more cynical. There's more of a cynical bunch of people, which again, it's understandable. And these kids are younger, so yeah, you know, they haven't been, you know, just hit with the the, you know, for years of just the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, I I do like their. That was one of the things about the boys. I wasn't sure I was gonna like again. It's just because you everybody's an asshole. Mm. Not or most people are assholes. Yeah. This is you know well, these. Kids, that's why they have Starlight. Starlight is the yes. one non-asshole, you know, right? So. And I and I like that. And I think we have more of that with you know with Marie. Even though they have their own traumas, yeah. I think they come across more as good people because well, of so one they're younger. Like Marie, Andre, Jordan, Emma are all there because they think they're going to learn how to do something to further their career right. as a soup. Yes. And then Kate, who has just been tainted by the Godolkin like process right. and because of her powers, they they have really like messed her up. Um that she doesn't know right from wrong. That's right. the problem. Oh, but, but then yes. you have those like douchey like Rufus and um Maverick with his llama, you know, like the weird like oh stuff, God. right? It, it's yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm really enjoying this season. Though. I am too. All right. So out of 10 for both, just both episodes, uh, how hot is Victoria Newman knowing she can explode your heads? <laughs> Ask Rufus that. Right. Um, I will go with, 
I'm giving it, I, I'm giving it a 7.78, and it it doesn't get to an eight just because season or season episode six was a little bit was wasn't as strong as I wanted it to be, and the penultimate episode, your favorite word, yes, it I is. think did a great job covering some of the shortcomings of episode six. But yeah, seven point seven eight. I thought it was both of them were solid with episode seven being very good. Yeah. All right. I'm going with an 8.01 because sick was such a good episode. Like, and because looking like being able to look back at Jumanji and, and think, okay, this, it had a bunch of really good moments, but it was that needed break to get into essentially the high speed train that we're on for the last two episodes. Right. So, I, I went a little higher than I did last week. Like the first, the first five episodes are just fantastic. Um, yes, and you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that six is a step down, but it's definitely like it gets you where you want to go, yeah, where you need to be. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's funny though that they they say Newman was uh, inspired by AOC. It's like mm, Newman's not an idiot. No. Newman's very smart. No, she's so, not. Yeah. So she's yeah, not. That's, she's that's not out terrible. there doing things on like TikTok and like you know, someone who's like making a lot of money and becoming very rich, wearing a shirt that says "Tax the Rich." Um, so yeah, you know. Newman when she speaks, she speaks with an intelligence. Mm-hmm. AOC when she speaks, she speaks like a bar girl. Like she speaks like. What do they call those? Uh, uh, I forgot what they call a them, visco girl. There's, n- yeah, there, there is, there, again, I whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, I'm done with it. Right. I don't care because uh, Newman is a smart, intelligent, like mm-hmm. very formidable foe. I don't think AOC she's the bad not. guy. That's the thing. <laughs> she's like yeah, Magneto, I, I like. They they should make a shirt that says Victoria Newman made valid points. Yeah, but she is absolutely the bad guy. She's not the like Magneto as as much as he wanted to save his people, which again that's very commendable. It's not at the expense of Magneto of isn't he, even the biggest supervillain in the X universe. Oh, I'm not saying he is, but he he absolutely was a bad guy. No, I mean I Beast is obviously the biggest supervillain. Well, see, I don't follow closely the by Professor X. I I don't I don't uh, like I said like, and well which Professor X any version of him he's a fascist piece of shit nah so, like yeah. although what he did with Jean Grey in the X Men movies was mm. very very questionable kind of creepy let's put it that way yes kind of so, extremely him, him so. and him and Logan so but yeah trying to that's steal, our trying to steal my boys. My, try, trying to take a sip on my boy's Kool-Aid. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's our geek talk for the day. Welcome to our, our geek, geek talk. Aside, I so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, so, yeah. Definitely check out Old Dads. Check out um, Gen V if you haven't yet. We're going to be talking about the season finale um, next week. And uh, we'll probably be talking about Into the Pandaverse as well yes i i do i really want to so and uh daryl is going to binge seven seven seasons of billions and we're going to talk about it next week 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Dude, the Billion series finale was fucking amazing. I didn't realize it was seven seasons. Seven. Damn. So, I mean, they're seven, 12 episode seasons. You can knock it out in a week with no problem. Yeah. So they're yeah, only hour long. They're only hour week. long episodes. You, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll just call off work this week. Get it done. Actually, you should do what I did when we reviewed um, the, the finale of Supernatural. <laughs> just watch the finale. <laughs> oh. <laughs> After not watching for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> I that just treated funny. I just treated it like it was a um oh, it was a a retrospective of the show. <laughs> anyway. All right. On that note, we are 16 minutes over the 40 minutes that we thought we were gonna do this episode in. So we will talk to you all next week. Um thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody who's listening lately. And we will talk to you later. Later. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.